Welcome to the Fitness Contrarian Podcast. In this episode, we're going to go over a four-week intermittent fasting program that you can follow to lose weight and improve your health. And this is actually a video episode. Every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock Eastern Time, I go live on my YouTube channel for about 90 minutes to two hours. I always pick a topic. I do a, a slideshow presentation. And this is a video recording of that presentation. I think you're really going to enjoy it. If you want to learn a lot about intermittent fasting and how to use it to lose weight and improve your health, I think you'll find this video episode very helpful. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to the live stream. I hope everyone's having a wonderful day. It's been like crazy warm in New York. It's been like in the 90s every single day. For about a week, I actually had no air conditioning in my home for three days, which was insane. But I actually fixed the air conditioning issue myself from watching actually from watching YouTube videos. I analyzed the problem at my house, and I actually rented a machine and I actually fixed my air conditioning, which is unbelievable. But it took a toll on my body. I was in like a crawl space for three hours in my attic. <laughs> Um, yesterday morning, but I'm so glad I fixed it. So I'm, I'm, I really appreciate everyone showing up. I know I delayed this live stream about 15 minutes today. Once again, had a little hard time getting started, but this should be a lot of fun. This is, I know a lot of the people who show up every single week. This is a little bit of a beginner's guide to intermittent fasting, but actually we're going to answer all your questions. But I'm going to map out like a four-week program that even you can follow, even if you've been fasting for years, or if you're brand new to intermittent fasting. Like if you know anyone that you've been like talking about intermittent fasting with, who hasn't tried it yet, you know, maybe you can message them or just tell them, share this video with them. I think they'll find it really, really helpful. But let's say hello to everyone. I know, I know we got James here. Oh, hey, hey, good morning, James. Thanks for showing up. I know James is here like every single week. Once again, I'm seeing a lot of messages on my phone that I'm not seeing in this mainstream. Like for example, I, I know Miller's here. I appreciate it. Richard from West Virginia. Thanks for showing up. That's great. Rosie's here from New York. Enrique, obviously, good morning. Update, my seven-day fast. Oh, wow, he just did a um, seven-day fast. I had to stop at 73 hours. That's still great, 73 hours. Don't feel bad. Okay, blood sugar dropped to 47. Ketosis, 5.4, so deep, deep ketosis. If, if, if you're a beginner to this, like all this, like the language that I'm talking about, for example, um, um, Ricky, he did a seven-day fast, so he was in a state of ketosis, meaning that his carbohydrates in his liver, and it was extremely, extremely low, so the, so the liver starts producing ketone bodies and, and starts converting uh, body fat into ketone bodies, like an optimal fat-burning state. Um, so he was in deep ketosis, and you can measure that with like a blood meter or like a... Um, you can inhale into a machine. It'll tell you what, like, how deep of a ketosis you're in. He's 5.4 is very deep, and his blood sugar is actually 47 is pretty low as well. So he said it was a great experience. We'll do it one. We'll do one again. Hopefully, my blood sugar will remain a little bit better. Yeah, I know it's it's hard. I mean, that's pretty aggressive a seven day fast. I think you should be really happy with 73 hours, which is great. So I know there's a little bit more of a beginner uh, presentation, but we'll we'll hit on everything. You know, we'll talk about advanced strategies too. We also have, it's interesting, I'm getting messages on both ends here. Some are coming through the YouTube, some are going through the phone. We got Harry, good morning, Harry. Thanks a lot, Harry, thanks for showing up, you're the best. And obviously, Mill, yes, thanks for showing up. And Gene, hey Gene, thanks for showing up too. I know, it's a little late today with the start, so I appreciate you showing up, Gene. Hope everything, hope everything's good with you. 
All right, let's jump into it. Let's go over an intermittent fasting guide for beginners. I'm gonna map out like a four week program. But you'll see like that last week, the fourth week of this program, and even I even gave you like a bonus thing, like a fifth week where we're gonna take a diet break is a little bit more of an advanced strategy that anyone could do. Like I do it all the time, but we're gonna go over a lot of this, the things that I talk about all the time. Well, and also if you're liking this, um, definitely give me a thumbs up, share it. That means YouTube will show it to more people. Hey, Sean, thanks for showing up too. Hey, thanks for showing up. That's great from, from LinkedIn. Well, I never had, I didn't realize I was being broadcast on LinkedIn, or maybe that's just maybe your um, your profile picture, not sure. But thanks for showing up, I appreciate it. Any questions, you, just let, you let me know. Okay, so we're gonna go over, first we'll go over just what is intermittent fasting, really simply, right? Intermittent fasting just means that you're compressing your eating window. Like typically people eat, pretty much if they're awake, they're eating, right? They're eating five, six, seven times a day. They wake up in the morning, they start eating. Right before they go to bed, they're, they're eating. They wake up in the middle of the night, grab a cookie. You know, intermittent fasting just means that you're restricting your eating window. For example, let's say you're gonna give yourself eight hours during the day to eat. That means you're in a fasted state for 16 hours. And that's a real popular strategy, 18-6. But we're gonna, 16, 8, 18, 6. We're gonna talk about all that in great detail in this. And I always, so you're pretty much just cycling between eating and not eating, real simple like that. And I also wanted to make a point, which I always do, the difference between intermittent fasting and TRE, time-restricted eating, is that when you do these fasting strategies every single day, that means like you're limiting your eating window to say just eight hours every single day, that would be time-restricted eating, time-restricted feeding. If you do it intermittently, like once, twice, three times a week, I would call that intermittent fasting. And there are pros and cons of both, which we're gonna get into. But I would define anything of a fast as, even if you're fasting for 12 hours, I would define that as you're in a fasted state because most people don't go more than six, seven, or eight hours you know, without eating. So I think 12 to 36 hours is kind of what we're gonna focus on in this presentation. It's a great place to start. Even a 12-hour fast has good benefit. And you'll see in week one in this four-week program, it's gonna be pretty conservative. You're just gonna be fasting for 12 to 14 hours. But let's first define like what does it mean to be in a fasted state so it's really simple. It just pretty much means no calories, right? You're not taking in any calories. And I would define no calories as like, for example, like I'm drinking a cup of black coffee. There probably is a cat one or two calories in a cup of black coffee. But in my in my mind, that's still a real pretty much, you know, it, 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 there's no calories there, one or two calories. It's not going to do anything. It's not going to spike your insulin. It's not going to give you a big... Uh, push in blood sugar. And a lot of people will define fasting in different ways. Like some people will define fasting as anything that doesn't spike insulin. See, insulin is released from the pancreas to lower blood sugar in the store where there's excess calories. So people on a ketogenic diet, like Wiki, you know, to some degree, people who want to get in ketosis, they may take, like they may put, for example, like fat, like MCT oil, those medium train, you know, yeah, those medium train triglyceride type oils in coffee and that necessarily won't spike the insulin, but in my opinion, still will break the fast because there's a lot of calories in fat. So it really depends how you want to define fasting. I'm gonna define it for this presentation as um, no calories or negligible amount of calories, like one or two calories from a cup of black coffee. Hey, Linda, Linda, see, oh, Linda, thanks for showing up. I appreciate you showing up, that's great. And you're watching on Facebook, cool. Any questions, Linda, you let me know, all right? And I think Harriet's here too, which is kind of fun. Okay, so. So for example, you can drink any no calorie type liquids, right, when you're in a fasted state. So I typically, if I skip breakfast and I'm doing like an 18-6 or a 16-8, you know, I'll have my black coffee, 
Uh, maybe I'll have a cup of mineral, you know, a cup of um, hibiscus tea. I like hibiscus tea. You can drink like black coffee tea, herbal teas. You know, mineral water is my favorite. You usually drink half your ounces in weight of water per day. So if you're 150 pounds, 75 ounces of water. Plus mineral water is high in minerals, right? High in, in magnesium, a little bit of potassium, a little bit of sodium, which is really good. It really helps in the fancy state, helps to curb appetite. I think it's totally okay to put a slice of lemon, you know, in your water, a slice of lime, a cucumber. There's even some research saying that lemon and lime juice can help lower blood sugar, so it can even help you. Hey, John, hey, this is cool. I think I think John Manute, my friend Johnny, just uh, gave me a thumbs up. He's probably showing up. Let's see, Sean's got a question here. Hope I can catch this this from a recording. Yes, no, it's recorded. It'll replay, definitely. Um, I try to trim out the beginning of it whenever I post it because I, I, I like to say hello to everyone and I like waste like five, ten minutes before I get into the, the meat of the presentation. But yes, it will be recorded. I'll generally clip the beginning so you can get right to it. You know, I have a previous appointment but would like to catch up with you to discuss um, what is that? Cala uh, Cala Calabria? I'm not even sure what that is. But I will look it up. Okay. Looking forward to listening to all of info you are sharing. Okay, great, cool. I mean, maybe like a collaboration or something. I'm not sure what you mean by that, but we'll 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 definitely. Uh, I'll talk to you about it, Sean, for sure. And I also like the idea of putting, like I said, like a slice of lemon in your mineral water, maybe a slice of cucumber or a slice of lime. I think those are all good things. You know, you're talking a half a calorie, like next to nothing. Like I said, the lemon, the lime can even help control blood sugar. Maybe help you burn a little bit more body fat when you're in a fasted state. I also think it's it's totally acceptable and maybe a good idea to put a tablespoon of balsamic vinegar or apple cider vinegar in your water. Helps curb appetite. Plus has acidic acid in it, which also helps lower blood sugar. So these these are all good things. Like if you're a purist, there are some people who fast who do like dry fasting, who only drink water because technically even caffeine is metabolized in the liver and can somehow to some degree break your fast, but I almost think it's a good thing for a couple of reasons. There's something like call this your circadian rhythm. Now your circadian rhythm is, is your own internal 24 hour clock. It regulates so many different hormones and enzymes and just genes and processes within the body. And it's pretty much controlled by light and like times of day when you eat, when you wake up, when you go to sleep. So if you wake up in the morning and, even, and let's say you're skipping breakfast and you're fasting and you have a cup of coffee, that little bit of caffeine in the coffee is gonna it's gonna like jumpstart your metabolism a little bit, which can be really good in my opinion for your circadian rhythm. But if you can, don't have the coffee the second you wake up, wake up. Try to wait about 60 minutes if you can. Let the body really wake up. You know, let that let, you know let the melatonin come down, let the cortisol you know kick in a little bit before you have that cup of coffee. You would probably you probably get even better results, which is good. Hey, Steve, my boy Steve's here. Oh, thanks, Steve, for showing up. I really appreciate it. This is my best buddy. Haven't seen him in a while. Can't wait to get together again soon one day. You know, we're on different coasts right now, but me and Steve are always best friends forever, which is great. Okay, let's talk about all the different types of fasting. You know, I don't know if I like that camera angle. I think I like this one better. Let's see. And if you have any questions, let's let's break these all down. Let's break this all down. There's so many different ways to get started with um, intermittent fasting. And and the next slide you're gonna see, we're gonna go over all the benefits besides just calorie restriction. So first of all, the easiest way to get started is just to do a 12 to a 14 hour fast. And most people don't come close to that. And there's even research saying there's one great study and unfortunately, there were women who had breast cancer and they were in remission. And um, they did a study on women who all they did was fast 13 to 14 hours. 
They were able to drink like herbal teas at night. They just like, for example, they stopped eating at seven o'clock, fasted for 14 hours, had like a late breakfast. And their reoccurrence of breast cancer was dramatically reduced. I think it was, I think it was like a, like 60, 67% less reoccurrence of breast cancer, and they contributed to the fasting. So there are really some great benefits. Plus, just think, when you're in a fasted state, what are you doing? You're burning stored energy, you're burning stored calories, you're burning fat, you're burning carbohydrates. That's stored away, right? So I think even a 12 to 14 hour fast really does have great benefit, and that's the easiest way to get started. A little bit more aggressive is something called 16-8, which I talked about, which you're going to be fasting for 16 hours. Then you take in all your calories. You do eating within an eight-hour eating window. Either you can skip breakfast. It's probably a great way to do it. Or you can skip dinner. You can go either way. There's a little bit of mixed research on which is the best way to do it. For years, I felt there was really no difference. Both were excellent. I still think that's true. But there is a little bit more new research saying that if you can possibly take in some protein, take in some calories earlier in the day, it's a little bit better for maintaining muscle mass like her hypertrophy. Personally, it doesn't fit into my schedule, so I still skip breakfast. But if you could have, for example, you know, have your breakfast, like say, 9, 10 o'clock, and then just have a late lunch, that's probably the best intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating schedule. But just do whatever works best for your schedule. We're going to talk about that more as we go. A little bit more aggressive at 18.6, so you just think you're fasting for two more hours. We're going to talk about autophagy, some of the benefits, that cell cleansing. like Things like that start kicking in when you get a little bit longer into a fasting. You're taking all your calories within a six-hour eating window. A little bit more aggressive, which I like too, is a 20-hour fast with a four-hour eating window. And just think, when you look at these things, in my opinion, the smaller your eating window, the less food you're going to take in. For example, if you're doing a 14-hour fast compared to a 20-hour fast, just think about it. And with a 20-hour fast, you're going to be more in a calorie-restricted state. Now, that's one of the biggest benefits of intermittent fasting, time-restricted eating, is that you're actually restricting calories without necessarily having to look up the food and count your calories. I, that's, that's why I think this intermittent fasting, time-restricted eating is so successful. I think it's the number one diet or just like scheduled way of eating in the country right now when it comes to um, all these different you know programs, all these different diets, because it's so easy to do, to just tell someone, you know what, only eat within an eight hour eating window. And you're gonna see when we, when we map out this four week program, I didn't start talking about food quality, about cleaning up your diet until week four. So you can still get great results with all these strategies, still eating your favorite food, still not necessarily changing the type of food you're eating, just by restricting your eating window, it's gonna put you into a calorie deficit. That's pretty, hey Richard, hey, thanks for showing up Richard. West Virginia, cool, it must be hot there too, it's so hot in New York. I think I've been looking, Steve, California, the weather's like, the weather's spectacular in California. We've been getting killed here in New York. It's like you're in, it's like a tropical heat wave. Not only is it hot in New York in the 90s, it's like incredibly humid as well. Like you'll get a, you'll get a crazy thunderstorm for like, 15 minutes and it doesn't even break the heat. It's back to like 92, 93 degrees, unreal. And then even more aggressive than that is a 24 hour fast, right? Obviously you can't do that every day. You can't fast for 24 hours doing time restricted eating. That would be like an intermittent strategy. And once again, all these strategies I'm talking about, this is something you could do once, twice, three times a week, or you can do them every single day and then take a diet break. But we're gonna talk about that more 
when we map out the four-week um, program. Hey, Tom Toms, thanks for showing up again. Poland, once again, very cool. I love it. This is the best. Okay. And then there's something also called the old mad diet, the one meal a day diet. I love that strategy too. That's when you fast for say 23 hours, take it all your calories, just a one hour eating window. Obviously really aggressive, great way to get into a calorie deficit. That's a great strategy to do maybe once or twice a week. Then there's something called alternate day fasting. And there's a few different ways to do alternate day fasting. It can be very similar to the OMAD diet where you fast for like 23, 24 hours every other day right great way to reduce calories also a great way to cycle your calories where one day you're eating more one day you're eating less that can help keep the metabolism up because whatever you eat it kind of like boosts your metabolism but the traditional way or, or the way that like the researchers looked at it, like for example i just read this meta-analysis on alternate day fasting and it had it was really very positive for alternate day fasting they concluded that it even may possibly be more effective than just restricting calories. And what I mean by a meta-analysis, meaning that the researchers looked at like seven different studies on alternate day fasting and they analyzed them. But a lot of times when they do alternate day fasting in studies, they'll take participants and they do give them some calories. So for example, a traditional way of doing alternate day fasting is to fast for 36 hours, but you're allowed to take in about five to 700 calories during the 36 hour fast and then you eat normally after that so you're giving yourself like an eight hour eating window and you do that like every other day and it really produces great results i like alternate day fasting a lot too another great strategy another thing i really like is just the general two mad and you can do this in so many different ways two mad meaning eating only two meals a day like if you love eating breakfast and you love eating dinner you can just skip lunch you're not going to get like as much benefit in my opinion of being in a fasted state when you're skipping breakfast or skipping dinner could just think your fast is going to be much smaller but i still think it's a great strategy it's a great way to reduce calories and i think um it's even also a great way to get started i would even consider that like part of this intermittent fasting strategy and then my favorite thing which we're going to talk about is if you combined for example like a 1680 or an 186 or a 24 with a two mat like only giving yourself two meals within your shorter eating window, which I love. And, and that's gonna be kind of like week four when we talk about the more advanced version of this. Do you make money through fitness advice? Yeah, I make money through fitness advice. Yeah, well, I own a gym. I've owned the gym since 1989. I have this like, you know, pretty small personal training gym in, um, in New York. So I make most of my income comes from literally me doing the hands-on work of training people, designing, you know, um, diet programs for people. I've been doing it forever. I've been working in gyms from the age of like 16. And then I make a little bit of money from this online stuff, just from a little bit of ads on YouTube. And then people do one-on-ones with me. And I have this like one month like transformation program that a few people went through. It's somewhat expensive though, but people absolutely love it. But yeah, you know, I definitely make make money through fitness advice for sure. Okay, so let's, let's break this down. Let's go over some of the benefits of intermittent fasting if you have any questions let me know am i missing anything from the phone i don't know i think it's all good okay let's go obviously benefit number one you know straight up without a doubt and i'm not an intermittent fasting or like thomas street eating person that says that calories don't count i do think calories really do count there are situations where for example because i've worked with so many people where things just don't make sense like for example say you've been restricting calories or say you're intermittent fasting and you're just not losing weight that does happen and it could be because maybe you've been overweight for decades 
and you've got other like metabolic type issues, maybe you're insulin resistant, meaning that your cells are not responding to insulin, maybe you're leptin resistance, meaning that leptin is another hormone that is released from you know fat cells that tells tells your brain to stop eating, or maybe your body, your metabolism, your body is just so out of whack that even though you're restricting calories, you know you're not losing weight. Then you may have to do like do some other things, some other aggressive aggressive type things, and maybe that's maybe I would put you on like a two day fast and or or twenty four hour fast, or really put you on a very low carb diet. But then again, some people don't do well on a low carb diet, even though that's my favorite diet. So, but generally, the biggest benefit I think by far of intermittent fasting is that you're just restricting calories. It's such an easy, simple, great way just to eat, to simply eat less. So that's benefit number one. So Jeff is here. Hey Jeff, I was waiting and stream never, oh, so I don't, sorry about that Jeff, I don't know why. I did start late today though. I did 11.15 start and then I didn't, I don't think I started till about 11.18 so I was a little bit off. And then you know, I always have my five, six minute clock wind down. And it, it seems like there's never enough time to get this presentation ready, you know, whatever I do these live streams, okay. I think another tremendous benefit though of of these fasting strategies is that it increases your insulin sensitivity. See, that's so important. That's why I talk about the person, like the person I just talked about who maybe say they're restricting calories, they're just not losing weight, they don't know what's going on. And they're probably insulin resistant. And what I mean by insulin resistant is that, say you've been overweight for decades. You're 20, 30, 40 pounds overweight. You know, you've been eating a lot of processed foods, you're not eating well. What happens that unfortunately is that you become like pre-diabetic or maybe you even are type two diabetic. The meaning that, that your body's having, having a lot of trouble controlling blood sugar. See, whenever you eat a meal, whatever calories you're not eating or you know, you're not burning up right then, the pancreas produces insulin to store away those excess calories. Where do they store them? In your muscles and your liver in the form of glycogen. That's where the carbs go. Body fat goes in the fat cells, right? Now, if you've been in, in this state where you've been just eating too much for a decade or two, what happens is that the body stops responding to insulin. Like it's hard to lower blood sugar. The pancreas is pumping out that insulin and it just can't get your blood sugar down. You know, maybe you've been to the doctor and your A1C, that pre-diabetic, that diabetic number is really high, right? Maybe it's in the fives, the high fives, or maybe even six. Maybe you're, you're, you know, your doctor is thinking about putting you on like a metformin or something to help, help clear, clear glucose. So that's a real issue, insulin resistance. And I find that even though calorie restriction definitely will also increase insulin sensitivity, I think that fasting is probably the best way to do it. Low carb eating and fasting, because just think when there's no sugar running through your bloodstream, right? You're dipping in the stored energy and you're getting, you're getting, your body is just getting that whole process of rest. So then when you do eat and your pancreas produces insulin, you can really store away those excess calories. So that's the, that's the protective mechanism. Like even, even being able to store body fat is protective, right? Because you don't want your blood sugar to go up. You get really chronically high blood sugar, that's when all the bad things start happening. Some people feel now, when you when you start like, you know, I, I listen to so many different podcasts, like longevity experts and this and that. That's one of the now, some people, some experts and some researchers are feeling that, some doctors saying that. Controlling blood sugar is such a big indicator for longevity. Like if your blood sugar is chronically high for decades, you may not be able to live as long as someone who really, like controlling blood sugar, you're gonna see, that's why, people wearing these 24-hour glucose monitors are getting so popular. It's gonna be like another thing to really look at, you know, as opposed to blood pressure, cholesterol, like all things like that. They're really gonna look at that, that fasted glucose or just how your body responds 
to when you're eating food. There's a guy who does it on TikTok all the time. I really like it. He wears a 24-hour glucose monitor. He eats a food, and then two hours later, he looks at the spike in, um, in blood sugar. So just think, if, you, if you're constantly eating unhealthy and you've been eating, over, you've been eating too many calories for, for a decade or longer, you're probably insulin resistant to some degree. So this fasting is such a great way to increase your insulin sensitivity. It's one of the keys to living a long and healthy life for sure. Let's see, Justin Matthews, they say, what would happen if you did OMAD every single day? You know, I think, well, you look like a pretty lean fit guy from your, your profile. I think that would be a really good, maybe short-term strategy. But in my opinion, when you're only giving yourself, say, a one-hour eating window, you're gonna definitely be in a pretty aggressive calorie restricted state. It's really hard to take in enough vitamins, minerals, nutrients, specifically also it's really hard to take in enough protein, I think long-term. And yeah, I don't know if you know my formula, I like 0.9 grams per pound of lean body weight. So let's say you're a, a pretty fit guy who's like 175 pounds, 10, 15% body fat. You know, you still wanna take in 150 grams of protein, really hard to eat that much. That would be like a pound and a half of of red meat or fish in one meal, kind of hard. So I think the OMAD diet is good to do for a short period of time where maybe you're aggressively restricting calories. Plus you also have to be careful of metabolic adaptation, right? When you aggressively restrict calories, your metabolism is gonna slow down and you can over-exaggerate that slowdown if you really aggressively restrict calories. So either you have a couple of options. If you wanna do OMAD every day, and I've, I've actually did a video on this, I would do 1.5 meals. I wouldn't do a one hour eating window. I would give yourself maybe, do like a 24, maybe a 21 hour fast, and then you do one protein rich meal. It could be small, and then have your one big meal. I think that's a great way to do it. But I think the OMAD is best intermittently, where you do it every other day, maybe like an alternate day fast, so you can cycle your calories. Your one day you're taking a lot more calories than the next day, maybe two, three times a week. I would, I would do something like a little bit more like that. I think you do much better, especially looking at your profile, profile picture and just seem like a real fit, pretty lean guy, you know? I lost weight doing OMAT every day, but body fat drops slowly. Well, it's interesting, you know, it's hard to say, you know? Um, also, it's hard to really measure you know, how much body fat you're losing, how much water you're losing. I think the biggest thing, is, and I know you do work out too, the key to all these things is that you have to do some resistance training. You have to be working at it. And if you find that all of a sudden through these fasting strategies, you start getting weaker in the gym. Like for example, say you typically can do 15 push-ups. You've been, able, you've been doing that for, for years. And all of a sudden you, you start getting to like 12, 13 reps and you just feel like you can't do it. You can't make 15 anymore. You know that you're losing muscle mass and you're probably hitting these strategies too aggressively. I'm really reasonable with this and I'm probably a little bit more conservative than most of the other maybe YouTubers you may see talking about fasting. You know, the main benefit, like I said, number one is calorie restriction and the other thing is increasing insulin sensitivity. But I'm, I'm a big believer in taking in good quality nutrition, eating enough food, taking in enough protein, you know, taking diet breaks. You know, from time to time, don't do any fasting. Make sure you're at maintenance calories. And we're gonna talk about that more and more. Mm. Okay, now some more, there's also some great research on on um, on how, it's interesting, the study that I read that got the best results for lowering blood pressure was an alternate day fasting strategy. But even I, in my opinion, the 186 to 16-8, just think you're you're increasing your insulin sensitivity, you're, you're losing weight, you're, you know, you're restricting calories, your blood pressure is gonna improve. 
right? Plus, if you clean up your diet, it's also going to help blood pressure. You know, human growth hormone, you know, those counter-regulatory hormones kick in a little bit more on the longer fasting strategies, maybe not necessarily with a 16-hour fast. But if you start getting deep into a fast, 20 hours, 24 hours into a fast, you know, the body wants to preserve muscle mass. So those counter-regulatory hormones kick in like a human growth hormone. Testosterone actually increases dramatically on those longer fasts. You fast for like two days, your testosterone is going to go through the roof and go up like five, 600%. It's like incredible. It's great for lowering triglycerides. See, when you eat too many carbohydrates, where do those excess carbohydrates go specifically, especially fructose, goes right to the liver. The liver can only hold a couple hundred calories of carbohydrates, it's fructose, right? You start pounding those carbs and just increasing your calories, your triglycerides are gonna go up. So in my opinion, a great way to lower triglycerides is through these fasting strategies. Let, let the liver empty in eating a relatively low-carb diet. And I'm not like a ketogenic type. When I say low-carb, I'm talking, you know, 100, 150 grams of good vegetables, a couple of fruits, things like that. Oh, Gene, hey, Gene, once again with the Super Chat. Thanks, Gene. Every week, Gene gives me some money, and I really appreciate it. It helps me keep this channel, keep these live streams going. So I really appreciate it. Okay, I, okay, I want to do 16-8, but I can't skip family dinner. I know. I feel the same way. And I work out in the morning, 7 a.m., so I'm, so I'm taking my protein shake and eggs just after. I think that's totally fine. I think that's, I think that's good, Gene. I mean, you can do that. I, I think that's totally fine. It depends. Like, so you're working at 7 a.m. I'd say you're working out for an hour, maybe less. So you're trying to say you're eating. You're eating. You're taking in your eggs and your protein shakes. So you're pretty much just taking in protein and fats. So you're really minimizing the um, spike in insulin. Plus, you're getting good protein synthesis, right? You just worked out. You created a response. Even though the research is very mixed, like years ago, it was like, Everybody, right after workout, it was so important to like try to take in their proteins like right after workout. I know the research is kind of like debunked that that it's more important just taking in enough protein throughout the whole day. I still think there might be a little something to it though, because I did it for years and got such good results taking in like protein, doing like a pre intro or post workout type shake, like taking in protein around your workout. I think that's fine, Gene. So you're so you're pretty much um, like if you possibly could. Um, Maybe eat dinner a little bit early. I mean, I don't know what time you're eating dinner. If you can try to, if you and the family can sit down and try try to have dinner early, like five, six o'clock. I don't know about your work schedule. You know, even a 14-hour fast, I think is great. I know you're on a little bit of a break right now. I think that would be great. Try to have dinner a little bit earlier. But even truthfully, even if you did like a two-man, like you're saying, you had your high-protein fat type, you know, post-workout meal but then didn't snack all during the day and just had your normal good healthy dinner, even with carbs, maybe even with sweet potatoes, even with your vegetables and your fat and your protein, that's still a very good strategy, I think. It's like a too mad type strategy. You're still giving yourself decent windows where you're not eating. I think it's an excellent maintenance thing like what you're doing. I know you said you're gonna wait until the end of the summer and maybe kick in with something more aggressive. I think that's really doable and really manageable. I really like it. I think it could be great. I do stuff like that all the time, all the time. Even when I'm doing like two mad, I love to do two mad with a protein shake. And my protein shake could be post workout some days. Say I typically work out midday, but a lot of times clients cancel on me, you know, with this personal training thing, and I got nothing. You know, it's ten o'clock. I'm free until my next client at four. So instead of working out at like twelve one and breaking my fast two o'clock, I may work out at ten in the morning. 
and I may even do a protein shake if I'm doing um, resistance training, but then I just may not, it won't be a carby protein shake. It may just be straight up whey protein. I'll get a little spike in insulin, but not too much, and I use it for protein synthesis. I think it's great. Well, so I'm pretty reasonable. I, I like that approach, Gene. I think that's great. Let's see. I think you're right. I use Renpro body fats. Yeah, I, I know those scales. I mean, so you're doing a electric electrical impedance. I'm assuming that's what that is. If you guys don't know, there were these scales that you can step on barefoot, and it kind of sends like a quick impulse electronic signal from your right to your left foot. And you have to enter in. Sometimes you grab these handles. It does it too. You have to enter in like your weight, your age. Whether you're like a fit person or not, so it kind of uses this algorithm, this calculation. A lot of it, when you're using a scale like that, has to do with how hydrated you are, because I think the water in muscle creates a quicker, you know, signal. It's a little complicated. It's reasonably accurate. It may not be the best. I think it's 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 good as a baseline. Like if you use a scale like that and you step on it the same time every single day or the same time, like if you're doing it once or twice a week with the same amount of hydration. Say you're doing it first thing in the morning after going to the bathroom, then you drink a glass of water, and then you step on the scale and trying to make it as consistent as you possibly can. It gives you a little bit of a baseline. I've got some really low readings on, on those scales, like you know, like seven, eight percent when, when I know I wasn't that low. I think I was more like 10, 11. You know, I can kind of see my abs. I don't even mean, seven, eight percent, you, you look pretty shredded, most people, at levels like that. And I've had readings like that on those scales. so. They're somewhat accurate, but I do like the idea of weighing in all the time because it also makes you realize too that so many times when you gain weight, it's just water weight. Like see, last night we had some friends come over and I had like kind of like a cheap meal, my favorite thing though. I ordered a half tray of eggplant parmesan, but they, the place that I, I get it from makes it without the breading, which that's how I like the eggplant parmesan, but I ate a lot of bread. Like I had an Arthur Avenue, I went. I got the Arthur Avenue Italian bread, which I love. If you guys don't know, Arthur Avenue is in the Bronx in New York. They're known for like Italian food and specifically like these this Arthur Avenue bread. And it's a real simple bread, meaning that when you look at the label, that's what I like about it. It just says like sugar, salt, yeast, flour, like that's it. So you're getting just the basic, you know, like carbs like that. So I know, I feel it already. I feel... I feel like I filled up my muscles with glycogen, so I'm gonna be three, four pounds heavy today. But you know, I'll, I'll do my fasted walk after this. Let's see, oh, Debbie's here, that's great, okay. What would be the best resource to start resistance training for me, okay? So she's a gal, she's overweight, has lots of health issues and past surgery, so maybe she's like me, her joints are maybe a little banged up. So many resources for young, over, you know, I have some things, I'm gonna do more and more things on my, on my YouTube channel on that. I have one video that comes to mind for you, that I made for women over the age of 50, but it's really like a, up, an upper body resistance training. I'll send you a link to that, or I'll put a link underneath it, but look on the YouTube channel. It's like a chest, shoulders, back routine. I think it would be perfect for you. You know, I really would. You know who else does some, um, this gal, she has a really popular site. I wouldn't consider her, she seems like a lovely woman. She's Australian. Maybe you're familiar with this, her site. I think she's called Fabulous 50s or, fabulously fit over 50 and she does like really easy um like resistance training and really easy simple just aerobic type workouts like first she'll do a video like a talking head video but then the next video she'll do will just be like a seven minute like resistance training which is just doing simple bands movements look at her channel fabulous over 50. once again i know i talk about this all the time the crazy thing about youtube is that like for example that video I'm talking about what which I made for women over 50 like resistance training 
I liked the video. It totally bombed. Like no one watched it. <laughs> and one of the main reasons is is because YouTube looks at my channel now as being more of an intermittent fasting, like weight loss, lowering body fat type channel. If I do videos that are not in that niche, YouTube will not help me promote that video. It's really confusing. If my channel was really big, I had like a million subscribers, I'd have much more flexibility in the videos that I do. You know, so, but I still will do some. And I do have a whole bunch on my, um, on my channel too. But I would look, look on, I would look for her fabulous. I think it's, just put in fabulous 50. Even if you put in like resistance training women over 50, you're going to see her channel come up because she gets over a million subs. And she's such a nice one. I think you're going to find her pleasant. And nothing she's doing is kooky, just really easy, simple type movements. But you should be doing something though, Deborah, for sure. Debbie, yeah, I would definitely want you doing, even just like I say, even walking. It's just like the best thing you can possibly do. You, you wake up in the morning, you take a 30, 30, 40 minute walk. And then if you can, just do simple like body weight, body weight squats, just no way, just knee bends, you know, some planks, some simple movements. It really goes a long way, you know, for sure. Okay, LOL. I'm not sure how it works. It communicates to the app on my phone yet. Yeah, it's probably electrical impedance, I think, that scale you're stepping on. I'm pretty much sure it is. That's typically what they have. I weigh myself every morning as soon as I wake up. And that's a good way to do it. At least there's consistency for sure. And then you can make you can make correlations that way. So if you wake up one day, you're three pounds heavy, you say, well, what happened last night? Did I have something really salty? Did I have sushi with a lot of soy sauce? Or did I just have a little bit of bread and rice that I typically won't have? It can't be body fat. It has to be water weight. I, I like a consistent weighing. I think unless it freaks you out. You know, so I know some people get really upset. Okay. I eat six beef patties for lunch at noon, and I have dinner around five. Well, so you, that's interesting, Gene. I like that strategy too. So this, so this is what Gene's doing. He's having a high protein, higher fat type breakfast post workout, right? So he's not getting too big of a spike in insulin. Probably a little bit, but from the protein, but nothing crazy. He's making sure that he has enough protein to fuel the workout protein synthesis. Then for lunch, he's doing almost like a carnivore. He's making sure he's keeping his protein up, which is great for his stomach. In fact, he's making sure he's taking enough protein. Once again, very not really getting much of a spike in insulin, a little bit with the protein. And then I'm assuming you're taking in some carbs and having a little bit more of a normal dinner. I think that's a great maintenance. And Gene's about 250 pounds. He's a big, strong guy. So I think that's a good maintenance schedule. And then, um, so I'm curious to know, what time do you stop eating dinner? So if you're eating your first meal at 8, are you doing like a 12-hour fast every day or maybe 14 hours, something like that? If you can do that on top of it, I think it would be great, which is cool. Okay, so let's go to the next, the next, next. right. Let's talk about autophagy because that's another one of the big benefits of fasting. Some people fast just for autophagy. All autophagy means is like cell, it's almost like cell cleansing or cell repair. Like we can damage organelles, get recycled within the body. Some people think it's really good for longevity. And also, autophagy is somewhat of a never-ending process. Even if you don't fast, it's, you're going to get autophagy to some degree. But it seems like fasting, working out, you know, just, just when you're dipping into, like, stored energy. It's almost like when you're down-regulating mTOR. I always talk about mTOR. Like mTOR is the growth signaling for when you, like, go into, like, when you're growing. So, like, when you're eating protein, right, you're stimulating mTOR. But the opposite of that is like AMPK and the sirtuins when you're like repairing, you're recovering, you're fixing things. So autophagy, some people think is the most important part of fasting. And the general rule is the longer you go into a fast, the more autophagy you get. So when you're doing a 12-hour fast, maybe you're getting a teeny bit. 
When you're going 16, 18, 20, 36, that's when autophagy really gets upregulated. So that's another tremendous benefit of, I think, of time-restricted eating of intermittent fasting. Calorie restriction also helps with autophagy. But I think the key is to fasting. I just gave this analogy last night when my friends came over. We were talking about this. And he's a big believer in calorie restriction. And I, no, I, I am too. But the difference is, I, I, I think this is a pretty good analogy. Like if, like if you look at like um, bicycles, let's look at it like this. Let's say you, you, let's say you look at like a racing bike, you know, a really aggressive, light, small tide racing bike. A racing bike is excellent at racing, right? Then you have a mountain bike, you know, with those big fat tires. A mountain bike is really excellent for riding in the mountains, but you put it on the street, you know, it's not gonna be as fast as like a speed road bike. It's not gonna be, you know, as efficient at like turning and maneuvering. And then you got a hybrid. Like a hybrid bike is a combination of a mountain bike and like it's like a racing road bike. So it can kind of do everything reasonably well, but it's not gonna be great in the mountains, right? It's not gonna be great as a racing bike. And that's how I look at like restricting calories as opposed to fasting. If you're eating six, seven times a day and constantly spiking insulin, even though you're restricting calories, yes, you're gonna do pretty good, right? But if you fasted, like for example, for 16 hours or 18 hours, where you're truly in a fasted state, dipping into stored energy, right? You know, keeping, you know, upregulating autophagy, increasing insulin sensitivity, and then taking all your calories with just an eight hour eating window, a six hour eating window, you're getting the best of both worlds. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you're getting, you're not a hybrid. You're not just doing okay. You're really eating and then you're not eating. And when you're not eating, all the good stuff starts happening. You know, I hope that's a good analogy. My friend Les and I kind of, kind of, uh, you know, agreed with me a little bit. Like, kind of understood it because he wasn't that familiar with the fasting. Okay. I eat, okay, we got that. Okay. I have to run. Oh, no problem, run. Th thanks, uh, good. No, fantastic. I, hopefully, I'll see you next, next, next Sunday. I appreciate you always show up. That's great. Okay, but for dinner around 6 p.m., I will eat anything. My only restriction are no desserts, and, uh, and I only drink nothing that's good, Gene. So you're having some carbs. I think that's fine. I, I, I think you're going to do good with this. <laughs> I, think you, I think it's a great maintenance, and maybe even better than maintenance. I think it's really good. So yeah, I'm sure you're still taking a little bit more protein. You're kind of eating the things you want, maybe even some pasta, some rice, some potatoes, you know, living a normal life. I think it's great. And then no desserts, and then you're not taking in liquid calories. I think it's a great approach, you know? Could even be modified um, somewhat, you know, even when you want to kick in again at the, at the end of the summer. Oh, Juicy is here, 160, well, 100, 168 pounds, you're doing great. I know you just ended, I think you just left a comment on, on the channel saying you just ended a 72 hour fast, which is wonderful. That's great. Hey, James, let's see what James got to say. Mike, what is a healthy weight loss week if you're trying to drop some pounds? You know, I always, I like this formula. This is like a like a, like a traditional formula. One percent of your body weight per week is very reasonable. So if you're two hundred pounds, two pounds a week. If you're one hundred fifty pounds, one point five pounds a week. And I'm I even look at it like hopefully it's body fat, right? Pretty much. And then you can lose one percent of your weight in body fat for per week. That would thing throws things off. Like for example, if you've been eating a high carb diet and just overeating in general and then you do one of these somewhat aggressive fasting strategies, you're gonna lose an insane amount of weight the first week. You lose five, six, seven pounds, but it's gonna be mostly, or at least two thirds, say water weight. But I think you can lose 1% of your body weight per week in body fat, which would be, that would be a good goal and a reasonable way of doing it, you know, long-term. 
let's say. But you're always going to hit plateaus. It's just how it is. Okay. I can feel in my legs. My body has definitely taken fat from my legs. I can really feel it. That's fantastic. That's great. Cool. Okay. And then the other thing, like, oh, I talked about the reducing cancer. Well, I was talking about that. And, and what I mean by reducing cancer, I, I, I was really referencing that one study for the woman who had breast cancer who fasted for 14 hours a day, time-restricted eating. The reoccurrence of breast cancer was um, was really dramatically reduced. And also, there, there's also some good like blood, you know, indications from researchers that it's a great way to reduce inflammation. When people do these fasting strategies, those inflammatory markers like C-reactive proteins, there are so many of them and so more, but those are some of the C-reactive proteins, like a real basic one. There was there was good reductions in um, reducing inflammation, but not like once again I'm reasonable. A lot of these things I'm talking about also is the same thing for calorie restriction. But I just think, in my opinion, intermittent fasting I think it's better. Even if you're eating the same amount of calories, if you eat the same amount of calories but do it in a shorter eating window, I think it's more beneficial to you. And sometimes you some research to say, oh, you might be the same weight, but you'll live longer if you're doing more intermittent fasting. And I think there's gonna be more research decades like that down the road saying that, boy, this intermittent fasting thing really is great for longevity and really is good for you. You know, I think there's gonna be more and more research. The, like, the, the, my, like the animal studies are incredible. Uh, I like, the, like much more than the human studies, but the human studies too, I think it's gonna be coming around. Things get thrown off because I know that big study came out, I don't know, maybe a month ago when it was over the headline saying that, intermittent fasting doesn't work. And, and, and what it really wasn't that. It's not that intermittent fasting didn't work, is that the researchers just compared, like, and it was a good study, it was a year-long study. They compared calorie restriction to intermittent fasting. And all the and what the researchers said is that intermittent fasting was no more effective. And then when you really look at the study, the people who did the intermittent fasting for the year compared to the control groups did lose four more pounds but they considered that statistically insignificant. So intermittent fasting t definitely works. I mean, does it work better than calorie restriction is somewhat debatable. I think it does because I think it's so much easier to do as opposed to counting calories. There's so much more, people are much more compliant. And I've been training people for 30, almost, I hit, it's embarrassing because I'm turning 60 for me to say 40 years, but I've been training people for like 40 years and out of all the diets that I've, I've, I've put people on, I find intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating I've had the most success with because it's so straightforward and so simple for people to follow. You tell someone only eat with an eight-hour eating window and then do whatever you want and, and people do incredibly well. I think it's great. Okay, so we got, okay, Juicy. Juicy got a few questions here. I, I can feel in my life, right, we got that one. The 72-hour fast was extremely hard on the third day. My muscles fell flat. But the minute I ate it for a while, yeah, he's trying to say, I understand, but he must have depleted his glycogen stores after a three-day, 72-hour fast. So you lose your water weight, you, you lose the glycogen in your muscle, but as soon as you eat, it volumizes the muscle so you feel great, which I like it. I liked it a lot. Okay, muscle feels stronger, possibly. Yeah, also, like you said too, right? When you do a three-day fast, 72-hour fast, testosterone increases. Some people call it the rebound effect, which is really nice. So some people feel they even gain muscle after doing like a three-day fast, once they start eating again and start hitting the gym and they feel even stronger, which I kind of like, I think that's cool. Say, Richard, slow and steady wins the weight loss battle. I totally agree. Took me two years to lose 110 pounds. Whoa, Richard, that's an accomplishment. I'm so happy for you. You, t you did it, two years, but that's great. Just think, I mean, wonderful, incredible, incredible job there. Thanks for showing up too, I appreciate it. All right, so let's go to the next slide. So let's, so let's get into this like easy beginner 
intermittent fasting program. Once again, if you're enjoying this live stream, give me the thumbs up, share it with anyone. If you know anyone now who's kind of like thinking about doing intermittent fasting and they're looking for like a real easy way to get started, these next few slides is gonna map out like a four or five week program to get people to get people started. Let me look at my phone to make sure I'm not missing any comments on this because sometimes I'm not getting all the comments. No, I think I'm getting them all now. Okay, cool. Okay, let's go over. Okay, so we let's say you're brand new to intermittent fasting or you're just looking to start from scratch to like reboot the metabolism. Maybe you've been doing it too aggressively even and you just want to just let, let me go back to basics and get started. I like this approach. So week one is just real simple. You're just going to fast to 12 to 14 hours, right? Excellent way to ease into intermittent fasting. And there is a study that I reference all the time that showed that people who just delayed breakfast by 90 minutes, like ate breakfast 90 minutes later, and then ate dinner 90 minutes earlier, so they just shorten their eating window. So maybe they're somewhere in that like 12 to 14 hour fasting, you know, lost body fat, actually lowered their cancer. I mean, it, 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 they had dramatic improvements. I'm back to that cancer study. That's why I put that, that keynote on the bottom of it there. They really did incredibly well. And the main reason why they did so well with this is that most of the people who do that just ate less. Just by delaying breakfast 90 minutes and by eating dinner 90 minutes earlier. So that's what I would recommend to a new person. Like if, if new people sometimes come to me, I say, okay, let's not worry about changing your diet. Let's not do anything crazy. Let's just get you, let's get some momentum behind you. Let's get you losing a few pounds. You put someone on like delay breakfast, eat dinner earlier. It, it, they do this for a week or two, they're two, three pounds lighter. They say, well, that's not so hard. I can do that. So I think this is a great way to actually get started. Real simple like that. When I fixed my arm, when I flexed my arm, felt weird. Well, I mean that could happen. Who knows? Maybe you overdid a little bit, you know. Okay, so that's that's week one. Real easy way to get started. Twelve to fourteen hour fast, delay breakfast, eat dinner ninety minutes sooner. And now we're gonna get into a little bit of more of a real typical way of doing intermittent fasting. But I have to say, I have put people like a new person on fasting and say don't eat for 16 hours, and they say, Mike, I don't think I can do it. You know, that's why it's good to maybe start with a 12 to 14 hour fast. It creates momentum, creates confidence. Some people can have a hard time going right to a 16 hour fast. But this is a great, I think this is one of the core schedules to follow. Great way to burn some body fat. Excellent way to reduce calories. Just then you're gonna be reducing calories even more than the 16-8. And at this point, if you're new to this, don't even change your diet. Either skip dinner or skip breakfast. Super simple. Still, still, stay well hydrated like I talked about. You can drink your black coffee. You can drink your green tea. You can drink your herbal tea. Drink your mineral water. You can put lemon, lime, cucumber, apple cider vinegar in your mineral water. Real simple 16-8. Great. Also, now you're starting to get, to get into that area where you really are increasing insulin sensitivity, dipping into stored energy. This is week two. You know, I think you'll be ready for it after doing... Um, after doing week one, okay. The, I don't. Th I'm not sure if I saw your last comment. I'm not sure. Understand what I'm saying? Well, okay. On the second day of seventy-two fast, my arm felt like it was out burning, but it wasn't painful. Hard to explain, even though when I flex, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you know, um, if you're working out, <laughs> you know, like pretty hard and you haven't eaten for two days your body's somewhat in, in somewhat of a shock you know I don't, I'm not exactly sure what you mean by 
burning, I mean, the metabolites do build up. It, it build up. It's interesting because most people think that burning is 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 like lactic, lactic acid, lactate. It's really the hydrogen that creates that acid environment. The lactate almost buffers it to some degree. It's hard to say what's going on. Juicy. I'm I'm, I'm not sure, but I mean, as long as you feel good now. I probably wouldn't aggressively work out. Like when I do, when I fast more than 36 hours, I pretty much just walk. You know, I don't really push it too hard in the gym. You know? If I do a two-day fast, or definitely a three-day fast, I'm, I'm walking, just walking comfortably the last two days. I don't even do like a hit type thing, nothing like that. You know? Okay, so then week three. So week three, a little bit more aggressive. And this is probably, if you know me and you follow me, this is my favorite. Um, like long-term intermittent fasting strategy. I love 18-6. I like when I like an 18-hour fast, and the reason is, is that those extra two hours really do make a difference, in my opinion. Like for example, if you're not changing your diet, it gives you a little bit more to dip into that those two hours of um, of body fat, those two hours of stored stored calories. Like you're dipping into those glycogen stores in your muscles and your liver. That those extra two hours kind of kicks in that autophagy a little bit more. I really love it. See, me personally, since I eat a relatively low-carb diet, see, I'm eating 100, 125 grams of carbs a day, and I'm really active. When I do an 18-hour fast, I can probably dip into like a mild state, like a 0.5, not like Ricky, who's like 5.4. I'm talking maybe 0.5-ish, like just kind of in a mild, mild state of ketosis with an 18-hour fast because I eat so good and I'm so active. I really like the 18-6 and my favorite, but I know I'm, I'm jumping away from this beginner guide, but my favorite long-term strategy, and I, I know I talk about it all the time, is 18-6, too mad with the protein shake. I actually love it. We're gonna talk about that in the next slide a little bit too. Okay. I only did aerobic exercise walking, but I feel great now, and on Monday doing two-day fast, one to get the one. Okay, sounds good, but don't go too crazy with these extended fasts. I mean, like they're saying, you know, take your time with it. If you, if you find yourself getting weaker in the gym, like you just can't move as much weight or you can't do what you normally would do, even aerobically, you're hitting this fasting stuff. You're doing too many long-term fasting too aggressively. You may want to space them out a little bit more. Just, just use that as your gauge. If you start getting weaker or maybe you're not sleeping well, or stuff, something like that. Because I know you're doing a lot of these two-day, three-day type fasts, like back-to-back. -back. Just be a little careful with the juicy. Don't don't overdo it. I mean, you'll get there. I, I can see you're motivated. You, you will eventually get there. Okay, so let's go to week four. And this could even be somewhat of an intermediate to advance. This is when I'd like people to start not only like cycling calories because they've been in a calorie deficit now for probably three weeks. I also would like them to clean up their diet. So let's talk about this strategy. I like this a lot too. This is where, for example, one day you would do a 16-8. So let's say you're eating like three meals within an eight-hour eating window. So maybe you're maintenance calories doing that or maybe you're in a slight calorie deficit. And then the next day though, you're gonna be doing 18-6 where you fast for 18 hours, taking all your calories in a six hour eating window, but you're only eating two meals. So that day you're definitely going to be in a calorie deficit. And I know I'm like a broken record about this, but I'm a big believer in this. It's a little debatable, but I really like that metabolic adaptation concept of cycling calories, meaning that whenever you lose weight and whenever you, you, you know, become smaller, your metabolism slows down. It's called metabolic adaptation. But you can over-exaggerate that 
right? By restricting calories too long, too aggressively. Like when you talk about those studies they've done on the people from that TV show, The Biggest Loser, who aggressively restricted calories and worked out like crazy, they really kind of like really messed up the metabolism. Even years later, two, three years later, their metabolism was even reduced. It didn't even pop back up. So by cycling your calories, like some days eating more, other days eating less, you can still be in a calorie deficit but you can minimize that metabolic adaptation. But it's all—it's gonna happen to some degree no matter what when you're smaller. So that's why I love these, when you like change your fasting strategy without necessarily counting calories, it'll happen automatically. On a day when you're eating three meals, fasting for 16 hours, you're gonna eat more. So say you do it on a Monday, but then a Tuesday, you do an 18-6, you fast for two more hours and only eat two meals, you're gonna be in a, in a pretty good calorie deficit. So I love that for week four. And this is a strategy you can do indefinitely, you know, for long-term weight loss. Could be eating more some days, eating less other days. Plus you can take an adequate nutri nutrition, you know, with these eight, six, eight, eight hour and six hour eating windows. And I also week four, since people have confidence, they have some momentum, they've lost weight, they were a believer into this intermittent fasting. This is when I would like them to start, you know, cleaning up the diet a little bit, you know, getting rid of the trigger foods, getting rid of like the real, junk food, if you've been doing these fasting things that have had success, but you're still eating the processed foods, the cookies, the cakes, the pretzels, the chip, you know, you're still eating the junk food. Week four, I'd, I'd like you to start cleaning up the diet. And the first thing I always say is first get rid of the trigger foods. You know, the trigger foods are foods that once you start eating them, you can't stop. For me, it's potato chips. I actually had some potato chips last night. Like, you know, this was kind of like a cheat meal last night. I feel like eating them right now because I just, but they're done. They're out, they're gone. They're out of the house. Like I, we even had half a bag left. I, I, it's in the garbage already because I can't have them around me. I'll eat the potato chips. So that's what I tell everyone. Sit down, write down your five, six, seven trigger foods. Tell everyone around you, I do not want these foods around me. Tell your husband, your wife, your partner, your kid, do not bring me these foods. That's the first thing to get out of the house. And then you know what the junk food is, right? No cookies, no cakes, no donuts, things like that. And then just eat like a normal meal. I lean more towards that low carb, whole natural food diet. And I'll show you some slides and I'll show you some meals, how I typically eat like in the next, um, in the, in the, in the Q&A in the next slide. But now I think week four, time to clean up your diet. Just all these fasting strategies, you will always do better when you're eating healthy. And if you just ate a whole food diet, right? you're gonna do better. That's the way to eat, Whether we, even if it's not low carb, you know, even if you're eating a reasonable, a reasonable amount of carbs. But my basic thing, like if I had to break down my macronutrient ratio, my favorite, and, and, you, and your macros, if you know, or just your, your macros are your proteins, your fats, your carbs. Some people consider alcohol to be a third macro because there is 70 cal calories per gram of alcohol. Let me see, do we have a question from Gene? Listen, let me answer Gene's questions first. Okay, I would like to fast one day a week Mondays, but as, but as you, as I told you, my meals are very regimented. Now, yeah, Gene, don't, I wouldn't worry about it, Gene. I actually like, I like your plan a lot. You're eating three meals a day. I think you're keeping your calories and your carbs and everything really under control because your first two meals are just protein and fat. You get a good thermic effect. You're taking enough protein. If you want to maybe do a, a, an OMAD on a Monday, but then maybe instead of doing an aggressive workout in the morning, maybe just like take a walk first thing in the morning, and I think that's fine, but it's really, I, if you're at like 250 and you're maintaining that and you're really happy and you're enjoying yourself this summer and having fun, you can wait till the end of the summer and then start, you know, it's up to you. 
It's up to you. Just, you know, and like, you know, this is a whole psychological process, this whole weight loss thing. I mean, I don't know. You seem to be the type of guy who likes to do it in spurts where you're really going for it. And then you, and then you, and then you ease back. That's more how I am. Cause I, I can relate to you in that. I like to like do it, and then I like to take a break. So if you enjoy enjoying this break and you're doing good, I, I don't want to throw you off, but I like what you're doing. And then you maybe psychologically you want to just gear up and then really go for it. But like you say, you don't want to do a hybrid. You don't want to be you know kind of fasting, not fasting. But if you want to do a Monday, I think that's fine too. You know, I I, I think you're on the right page. I think you're doing really well. Okay, so. Let's go over the macros. So I think my favorite macros when you're eating a whole natural food diet are just gonna happen ideally automatically. And this is what I mean. Like if you're eating a whole natural food diet, let's say you're eating like salmon and you're having avocados and you're having like just vegetables, maybe one fruit, maybe a cup of berries for the day, right? You're eating eggs, you know, you're avoiding the processed food, you're avoiding like the pasta, you're avoiding the bread, you're avoiding the rice. Maybe you're having a sweet potato even here and there or like a white potato, you know, having some potatoes. You're having some starches but nothing crazy. And then you enter your food into like MyFitnessPal, your calculator, it's gonna turn out that most of your calories are gonna come from fat, right? Because just think avocados, whole eggs, salmon, sardines, you know, even just red meat, even if it's leaner, most of your calories are gonna come from fat. So that's where I come in. 50, 55% of my calories probably come from fat. I always like to eat an adequate amount of protein. I eat about 150 grams of protein a day. I know Gene's following that, you know, following that too. You know, even if you went with one gram of protein per pound of like your ideal weight of what you want to weigh, that's a great formula to follow too. And then you can, and then I like to keep my carbs relatively low, about 100 grams. So say you're eating just, most of your carbs are coming from, from vegetables maybe one, you know, a bowl of berries, maybe some low sugar fruits. That's the way to eat. That's a whole natural food diet. You're gonna fall into it. So even though most of my calories come from fat, I'm not chasing, I like to use that term, I'm not chasing fat. I'm not trying to increase the amount of fat in my diet. Like I'm saying, I'm, I'm not putting the, the fat in my coffee. I'm not putting mayonnaise on everything. I'm not putting butter on top of my steak, right? I'm not doing things as, oh, I wanna eat a high fat diet. I'm just eating a whole natural food diet and I'm not worried about the fat that's in the whole natural foods I'm eating. And my triglycerides and my cholesterol is perfect and my blood work is really good, but I'm also eating a lot of fiber because I am eating up to two, three servings of vegetables. I may have an arugula salad every day. I also like those, um, those protein bars. I eat those no-cal protein bars, which have 15 grams of fiber. I may have a Quest protein bar that has 16, 70 grams of fiber in it instead of doing a protein shake. So. I think that's the key, but let, but let me give you some ideas on, I just, I, I, cause I know I do this every single week, just a couple of meals that um, I only, I think I only pulled two meals today that I've been eating. And this is like my, I even did a video on this, didn't do too well either cause it was a little out of the niche on, on my bison. This is buffalo chili. Me and my wife make this, I absolutely love it. So, you know, we make it with only like lean buffalo meat. We use a lot of um, green peppers, onion, and I try to keep the carbs down. So even though the recipe calls for like like two cans of a kidney beans, I put half a can of beans. That's how I kind of control the carbs. But even beans are a pretty good form of fiber and protein and all that, you know. But I still want to keep the carbs kind of down. And then I have a secret ingredient which I put in this. If you want to look at this exact recipe, go go to the YouTube channel and just put in uh, buffalo recipe under my channel. You'll see it. I mapped the whole thing out. I even filmed myself cooking the whole chili. It really, I thought it was a good video. It didn't do, do too well though, but I really liked it. 
So a bowl of chili like that, it's hard to see how big that bowl is because that Italian dish next to it is tremendous. I'm probably getting 60 grams of protein. There's got to be eight to 10 ounces of, of, of lean bison right there, you know, which is, which is great. I really, I really love it. And then you're getting the tomato sauce, you know, which is so good for you too. And just to increase the amount of fiber in the meals, this is how I'm always thinking, I have an avocado. Right, so an avocado has about 15, 17 grams of fiber in it. You know, I try to eat 35 grams of fiber a day, which is great, plus super high in potassium. It's a superfood in avocado. Then if you, and I've been really hooked on this lately, I always wanna to try to increase my amount of omega-3 fatty acids. Good for your brain, good for reducing inflammation, so good for you. So I put a scoop, a tablespoon of salmon roe fish eggs in the hollow out part of the avocado. I love how they taste. Some people don't like it, but I love it. Add some salt in it. It's a little fishy, but they're so good for you. Like I said, I've been buying them at Whole Foods. They're on sale right now at Whole Foods, like a nice size container. I get two or three servings for like 10 bucks. They're typically 15. I mean, caviar now, you can spend hundreds, but you can buy affordable, you know, caviar like this. And this is the Whole Foods brand. It's only like $10. It's on sale right now. I don't know if, what state you're in, if it's on sale in New, in New York it is. And then I just have just to make this meal a little bit more fun. I just threw like a whole bunch of like maybe what's that a half a cup of blueberries. I mean this is this is a perfect meal. But if you took this meal and you threw it into my fitness bowl, I'll do that one time for you. You're gonna find that most of the calories are probably coming from fat. Even though the bicep is lean, there's still a decent amount of fat there. The avocado is mostly fat from the calories, right? But I'm also getting a decent amount of fat, but healthy fat from the salmon raw fish eggs. So if you looked at the calories in this meal, you're gonna talk about 50, 60% of my calories are coming from fat. But I'm also getting incredible nutrition, right? I'm getting a ton of fiber from the avocado, from the peppers, from the onion, from, from the beans. I'm getting a relatively good amount of protein, probably 60 grams or so of protein. I'm getting also getting a little extra fiber from the, um, from the beans and a little bit more protein there. So maybe I'm up to 65 grams. Good nutrition in the onion and the pepper great antioxidants in the blueberry. This is just like a killer meal. I mean, right? You can't eat better than this in my opinion. I mean, obviously if you're a vegan or vegetarian, you don't want, you don't want, um, you know, you don't want, whatchamacallit, you don't want the bison, but you can have this. You can have the avocado. Uh, well, you may not want the fish actually. This is obviously, this is not a vegetarian or vegan meal, but I said you can make a vegetarian chili. The problem with the, the vegetarian and vegan is that you're going to be up on your carbs to get the, that amount of protein, which to me is not the greatest. And that's why I like um, like protein powder, like hemp seed and pea protein when you're a vegetarian, supplement your diet for sure. But let me show you, I think I got a couple of other meals. Let me show you that. I think Jeff's got a question here too. Now, I think James asked the question first. Let me get James first. I've been using raw honey to get some carbs. Like with my steak, no, I think that's good. My brother's really into raw honey. I think they're, they're, that, you know, also is into raw honey, that carnivore guy. I always talk about him too, Paul Saladino. The guy who lives in Costa Rica, he, he's a doctor. He wrote that book, The um, Carnivore Code, great book. He uses a lot of raw honey. You think there's a lot of benefits to raw honey. I think that's fine, James. Let's see what Jeff's got. Okay, I'm doing modified alternate day fasting. You know what, James? I, I, Jeff, I know you've been asking for me to do, I will do one, a live stream on, on alternate day fasting. I, I almost was gonna do it today, and I couldn't find this one study that I wanted to reference, but let's see, okay, alternate day. I've been doing ADF, alternate day fasting, still experimenting with what meal timing works best. My body is being resistant to fasting giving me some aches, you know, sorry about that. I mean, it happens, you hit these plateaus. I think alternate day fasting is is a, is a pretty good aggressive strategy. I'll talk about it quickly in that, 
I know if you, I don't think you were here in the beginning that there's a few different ways of doing it. Like most of the studies though, when you look at alternate day fasting, it is when people fast for 36 hours, but they do take in about five to 700 calories and that actually produced pretty good results. You know, you may want to try something like that. Maybe taking in a little bit of calories, maybe taking in some protein and some fats. If you feel like you're hitting plateaus and maybe it'll be more sustainable for you as opposed to doing strict alternate day fasting where you're just fasting for say 36 hours with no calories whatsoever. Or maybe you can alter intermittent the alternate day fasting. One day when you're doing the ultimate alternate day fasting, go no calories, then eat, right? The next day you do your alternate day fasting, maybe take in five to six to 700 calories or like some protein and fats or maybe even a little bit of carbs, you know? Something like that. You maybe try that. You gotta just experiment. And sometimes, you know, you get stressed. There could be other factors. Maybe you're not sleeping good. I know you're playing a lot of tennis. Maybe there's things going on that's stressing you out a little bit. Who knows? You know, maybe the cortisol levels are a little elevated. There's so many different factors. But, you know, don't drive yourself nuts. And if you feel like you need to just take a break, take a week or two off at the end of the summer, you know, for a week or two, go to maintenance calories and then kick in again, that's always a good strategy to do too, Jeff. You know, you keep that on the mind. And I'll give you another example of a perfect meal. I think there's another perfect meal too. We got four pasture-raised eggs there, great source of protein, good, you know, good source of healthy fats because you know they're pasture-raised eggs. Oh, I haven't been doing zero calories, more like so okay, so you are doing the traditional way of doing the ultra day fast. And so maybe then you might want to try zero calories during the fast, stay, stay well hydrated, and even you know, maybe you want to do this. Why don't you do the, try this too? This is another kind of a cool thing. You can do your 36-hour fast with six to 800 calories like, like the studies are showing. But then when you're doing your next alternate day fast, why don't you maybe just do a 24-hour fast with no calories? So you kind of be cycling between alternate day, 24-hour. It'll make the no-calorie part a lot more sustainable, a lot easier. Like a 24-hour fast, you can do that. 36 hours with no calories at all if you're used to taking in six to 800, could be a little bit challenging. So maybe you wanna try that. Alternate day, six to 800, eat normal. 24 hour fast, no calorie, eat normal. Alternate day fast, you know, six to 800. You know, maybe try that and see if that works. Sometimes you gotta just mix it up, you know, and see what works. So this is like a great meal. And I also have, you may not be able to t tell here, but I also have 100 grams of arugula you know, it melts up and just like, you know, whittles down so quickly in the egg. So I'm getting my nitrates for, for nitric oxide. My favorite microgreen is uh, arugula. It's, it's, it's such a healthy um, microgreen to eat. Getting my protein and fat from the eggs. Once again, the avocado, the fish eggs. And this time I gave myself some strawberries and blueberries. This is like perfect, perfect eating. But once again, if you put this in my fitness pal, most of the calories in this meal is gonna be fat from, that, from the healthy fats in the avocado, the fish eggs and the healthy fat from the whole eggs, right? But I'm still getting a good amount of protein, still getting a great amount of fiber. Those omega-3 fatty acids for my brain and to reduce inflammation. This is like a perfect, perfect meal. Let me see what else we got here. Let's see, I think I got one more meal. Let me close, yeah, this is, this. let me close this one out. Yeah, there's another one. I think I'll just give three today. This is just like a typical, this could even be just an excellent dinner or it can be a great, um, it could be a great lunch. So what I have here, once again, is my arugula. I think this was a combination of a mixture between 50% arugula, 50% spinach, so arugula, spinach salad, tomatoes. The tomatoes, I guess, I guess we're going into tomato season because the tomatoes have been great in New York. I got a whole bunch of tomatoes here. 
Then I have, um, I think this is um, steelhead trout. My, my wife's been buying a lot of steelhead trout lately. Love it. You know, I've probably got eight to 10 ounces of steelhead trout there, 50, 60, 70 grams of protein, an avocado cut up, got my blueberries. You know, you know I, I also think it's important to eat a rainbow color of fruits and vegetables, different vitamins, different minerals, different nutrients, right? And you might be able to see it. I always, too, and sometimes I don't talk about it when I'm doing these other meals, but I always try to take in some vinegar. So this is also seasoned with just like some sea salt, some some pepper, and I also have some extra virgin olive oil on there, so getting a little more a little bit more fat there. And then I have some balsamic vinegar, and balsamic vinegar, just like apple cider vinegar, is high in acidic acid, and acidic acid helps clear, clear glucose. It really it, it's good. It helps like slow the digestive process. It's a great thing to do when you're eating. So sometimes if I'm not putting balsamic vinegar like on a salad or on a meal. And I've talked about this before. I know Gene does this too. I'll take um, a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, just one tablespoon, and you got to put it in water because it can burn your esophagus. And I'll drink that right before the meal or right after. I generally like to drink it right before. It also kind of curbs your appetite a little bit. And it's another great thing to do when you're fasting. So this is what I mean by good, healthy eating. You know, you can't you can't eat better than this. You can't go wrong if most of your meals, if 90% of the time, you're eating all whole natural foods like all the ones. You know, I just highlighted here. This this is just, I have one more, nothing that's it with just Jeff. I don't know how your, your comment got down there, Jeff. <laughs> Who knows? All right, so let's go. So what we've been doing like a, like an hour 17. Any questions before I go on my two hour? I think I'm only going to walk for like 90 minutes today. I'm a little tired today. We were up late last night. We had friends up. Like I said, I had my cheat meal last night. So I do feel kind of pumped up. But I also, like I said, we had no air conditioning for three days in this insane heat. And I'm kind of proud of myself that I figured out how to fix it from just watching YouTube videos. But my neck is killing me. I was in like a, I can't stand up in my attic. And I was hunched over for like three hours trying to fix this air conditioning unit. My neck is killing me. My back is bothering me. It's funny because I have a new client tomorrow starting with me. And I feel like I'm not going to have a hard time showing the poor guy how to work out when I can't barely move myself. But I'll be better in a few days. Let's see what Jeff's got to say. Okay, so you're saying do a 24-hour fast at the end of it, have more calories. Okay, yeah, you, okay, you can do a couple different things. Either you can experiment with the amount of calories. Okay, let me just recoup and just really understand what you're doing. So you're doing like traditional alternate day fasting, where you're fasting for 36 hours, but during that 36-hour fast, you're giving yourself six to 800 calories. Then you break your fast, you have like an eight hour eating window, and then you're just eating normally the next day, and then you repeat the process again. That's like a traditional way of doing 36, 36 hour alternate day fasting. So I'm saying that maybe what you wanna do is, is you can do a couple things. Either you can just eliminate the calories on the second day you do the alternate day fasting, or you, to be a little bit less aggressive, you can do a 24 hour fast. So this is what I mean. You do your 36 hour fast, eat six to 800 calories, right? You break your fast, right? You eat within that eight hour eating window, but then you're eating normally the next day, and then you go back into an alternate day fast. So you, so I think you're even, unless you're literally just doing that eight hour, eat, I know it's hard to, to f figure out, unless you mean you're do, just taking in eight hours of eating, and then you're doing an alternate day fasting in the next day. I mean, some people do it like that too. That's really aggressive, where you're fasting for 36 hours, eat for eight hours, go to sleep, you know, alternate day fast again. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how you do it. I'll do a live stream on this. I give you all the different different scenarios. But what I'm just trying to do with you is just to mix up the amount of calories 
you're taking in. Make sure you're getting in enough, enough good nutrition, enough protein, things like that. Because I know you're playing tennis and I know you're moving around a lot. You know, so um, let's see. I'll come back to your question, Gene. I just want well, let me let me see what, what what Jeff's trying to say here. I haven't actually been counting the hours, just doing it day by day, as in have a low calories as I can one day, eat however many I want. I know I like that. I kind of like that. That's like a reasonable way of doing it. It's funny because I did a video on alternate fasting years ago, and people ripped me apart because I was talking about what you you're doing, and they said that's not alternate day fasting. You got to fast for thirty six hours, and I like that. So one day you're just not eating. Right, but you're taking in like a little bit of calories, six to eight hundred. Not necessarily watching too much. The next day, you're eating normally. I like that. But if you feel like you're stuck and it's just not working for you, you might have to tighten it up a little bit. Maybe you want to use My Fitness Pal and just maybe you want to look at calories, not indefinitely, just a you know for a week or two, or maybe you want to just do that, like I'm saying, do a 24-hour fast where you're taking in no calories. The next day, eat. You know, maybe you want to do something like that. A little bit more. Well, that's what Gene's got to say. Okay, I will indeed wait for Labor Day to start the very low calorie diet again. But now I'm I'm aiming for one much better Gene. I like it so. So when you're doing the very low calorie diet, you're gonna go you're gonna up your calories to a thousand. I think that's great. I think you're gonna even go like twelve hundred ish. You know, because we just want to make sure you like you say you're staying with with a good amount of the protein. I love it. I think it's great. That's great, Gene. Let's see. Is the every other day diet still like Dr. Christian Van? You know, I'm not sure about that doctor. I think you mentioned him before. I gotta check out. I'm not sure of that, but I do like the every other day diet. I think it's a great way to do it because it's just the ultimate way of cycling calories. Like one day you eat, one day you don't. Right? I think it's a great way of. I think it's a great way of doing. It. It's almost like doing like the OMAD diet every other day. Like one day you fast for 23 hours one day, eat one meal. The next day you eat normally, you're at somewhat maintenance calories, then you're in a calorie deficit the next day with OMAD. Because a 24-hour fast is almost like OMAD, whether you're fasting 23 or 24 hours, right? That's almost like the Eat Stop Eating program. Dr. Um, Brad Palon, I think I figured, is that his name? That's one of the first books I ever read about fasting, like 20, you know, like maybe 14, 15 years ago. It's called the Eat Stop Eating we just fast for 24 hours, like twice a week, which is great. Like on a Monday and a Thursday, you just pick two days. That's a great diet, I think. See, the whole key to all these things is you still want to make sure you're taking in enough vitamins, minerals, nutrients, and taking in enough protein. And you can really overdo it, you know, with these strategies. So, and I know it's a delicate balance of trying to figure that out and how do you figure out like a long-term strategy. But you're always going to hit weight loss plateaus and you're always going to have to change things up. And things, you know, it's just it's 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 hard. it's not easy, right? It's the, the hardest thing. Like I've been doing, I've been, you know, I've been training people and talking about this stuff for like over thirty years, like I said. And it's pretty easy, in my opinion, to get people working out, you know, exercising, especially if they if they come to a gym. It's so much harder to get your diet in line. You know, it's like three sixty five, twenty four hours a day. There are so many ways where you can mess up and just overeat, and it's just it's the hardest thing. That is the why I do like the fasting so much is that when you just say you're not going to eat for a, for a particular period of time, it's really compliant. People can really do it. So Jeff, you, if you're a little stuck, you know maybe you can even take a week off and then regroup and just pick and you just pick a strategy. I like the every other day. I think that's a great way to do it. One day you eat, 
one day you fast for 23 hours. Maybe do an old matter. You fast for 24 hours if you want. If you want to do like a whole full 24-hour fast, just make sure that on the days that you're eating, you really are taking in, you know, enough protein, enough vitamins, enough minerals, enough nutrients. And I would still, in my opinion, that's still a short-term strategy. But if you just did a 24-hour fast twice a week, I think you can do that somewhat indefinitely. You know, because five days a week, you're taking good nutrition, and then you're doing two, like, no-calorie days, puts you in a nice calorie deficit every week, every month, while still taking in good nutrition. You know, but it seems like just the fact that you're talking about every other day and also day fasting, it seems like you're okay with these like 24, 36 hour fasts. It seems like that worked into your schedule. It seems to like it. So just figure out a way where it just works. Whether you do it once, twice a week, whether you're just, you know, doing 36 hour, doing it 24, you gotta just experiment and see what works. And then try to focus on though, when you do eat, eating good quality food, more like what I'm talking about in these pictures. Try to eat along the lines of that. If, if you're not a fish guy or whatever, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be fish, but you know, eat a whole natural food diet. It goes, it'll go a long way for sure. All right, any other questions out there? Is anyone else gonna go for a walk like me after this, anything? All right, all right, so that's it. All right, thanks guys, thanks for showing up. I really appreciate it. And also, Gene, thanks for the thanks for the super chat. That's so nice. Yeah, thanks, Steve, for showing up. Stevie, I can't wait to see you one day. We got to get together. I got to get out to, to California. Maybe this winter, um, we'll do something like that. I love fish, but not avocados. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. All right. Well, I appreciate everyone showing up. Um, I hope you're getting outside, getting the sunlight. Uh, thanks, thanks, cheers. Thanks for showing up, getting the vitamin D. You can tell, you can tell. I've, I've really been enjoying walking outside in the sun. I love, I love the vitamin D, being in the sunlight, getting a little tan. Feels good, makes me feel good. All right, take care, everyone. Have a wonderful um, week, and I'll see you next week. I just want to say another, another side note. Check out my TikTok channel. I've been, I'm just every video I do on TikTok is just exploding. I'm almost up to twenty thousand subscribers on TikTok. I did another video last night. I got over 200,000 views on the video already, so check me out on TikTok too, all right? And and have a wonderful have a wonderful Sunday, guys. Thanks for showing up again. Take care. Bye-bye.